important. only chance that a, the organism of the church stands to honor God is for the people in the church, the body, mm-hmm. to bring to light things that aren't lining yep. up biblically. And mm-hmm. if you have a leadership in place at this church that no one is willing to mm-hmm. sit down and have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. let that be the first red flag. Mm-hmm. And I would, even, oh, yeah. I would even say that probably if you're at that point, there's probably other red flags that have popped up mm-hmm. before that point. And if that becomes the case, then maybe you need to deconstruct from that church, so to speak, like remove mm-hmm. yourself, right? But a lot of people are just so quick to leave. Like, mm-hmm. I believe that God places people in the church to help in areas mm-hmm. like this, yeah. you know? And- What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Bumper Sticker Faith. My name is Louis Dewey. This is my brother Sam P. And uh, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing doing well. In our, our second episode in our in our new studio. In our new studio, that's right, man. In our second episode of deconstruction. Yeah. Right. But you say I think this is gonna be more like construction. Yeah, more like construction. Construction. Or, um, more thoughts about it, really. Okay, all right, but cool, yeah, cool. We, last time we talked about uh, deconstruction, and um, so check out that episode. But now I just want to guide people with some biblical encouragement slash maybe warning from the book of Hebrews. Okay. All right. And um, I've been thinking a lot about the book of Hebrews. It's fantastic. Oh, man, it's a great book. Like if... Um, for, this is a word for all of you who do a ministry out there, whether oh. a pastor or volunteer, oh. that there are certain books of the Bible that you should just, you should know, you should be familiar with, because these are the ones that come up in conversations and ministry opportunities with other people. So Genesis is one, the book of John is one, Romans is one, and then Hebrews. Mm. Hebrews has so many just wonderful, applicable things. It's great. All right. So I've been thinking about Hebrews in relationship to deconstruction. And and there's part of me that wants to say that uh, Hebrews is the gospel for deconstructionists. Mm, Like it's a it's a book that if you're if you're wrestling with deconstructing your faith, go to the book of Hebrews, study it, dig into it, consider it. All right. Because Hebrews, it gives us a lot of reasons why. You should not stop meeting together as Christians. Yep. A lot of reasons why you should not give up on the church. I went, Amen. I went through recently, and I like grouped all these verses together, and man. I came up with these ten reasons why you shouldn't give up meeting together. Oh man, that's great. And that that could be another episode. That sounds like a great episode. But but things like you need people to imitate. You need people to be with you when you're at your worst, all right? Things yeah, like that. Bearing people's so, burdens. Stuff yeah, like that. bearing yeah. people's burdens. Yeah. Um, 
But so that seems to be, and there's a lot of like we slash us language in Hebrew. So it's all about getting together with your, the church yeah. and struggling forward together with each other as a body and, and persevering through trials and setbacks in yeah. order to make it to the great day of rest. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the Bible just in a, in a funny but serious mm-hmm. way, like the Bible calls us the body of Christ. And I mean, there's a, a global body, but then mm-hmm. there's the individual body of each church. And it's like, if I didn't have my hands, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. You know, I mean, have my feet. I don't know what I do, right? So, so we need to be joined together yeah. as the body. Yeah. So, and that's serious. Like that's not just yeah. that's not just words. Yeah, that's real talk. The longer you live, uh, the more you struggle. The more you realize how much you need other people. And maybe the pandemic and lockdown put us in our closets and in our bedrooms and kind of mm-hmm. convinced us that we really don't need the world. Yeah. That is a bunch of baloney. It is. It's a lie from the devil. You do. You need you need them more than ever. So the one of the climax verses in Hebrews actually is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and it and it captures this and it says and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. That's one of the functions of getting together, yep. of stirring, being able to stir one another yep. up to love and good works. And then it says, not neglecting to meet together, as is a habit of some, mm-hmm. but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day, the great day of rest, drawing near. So there's this habit that we get in. That word habit it's not a good place to be in. <laughs> no. That's a pattern. That's a rut set in your life that if you get in on it, it's going to take you away and it's going to be it's going to be so hard to get back in. Yeah. Uh, but and you'll even have to. It says encourage one another, and that's what we want to use this episode to do to encourage people. All right, to Amen. encourage people. So we cannot we can't deconstruct or reconstruct in isolation. Uh, we need to be in the body of Christ. Uh, especially if we want to learn how to love other people and to do good works. And that's where we're going to get to at the end. So I want us not to trust ourselves, our own ego program, like we yeah. talked about last time yeah. on this one, but trust the scriptures, which have, they've stood the test of time. And uh, your ego is just merely the product of time. <laughs> so I'm going to turn it this kind of, it's hard to understand, maybe controversial, passage Mm-mm. in the book of Hebrews starting with verse 5 11 and then okay. into into chapter 6 so I'll read a few read a few verses to remind people of what it says it says the author of Hebrews we don't know who it is maybe call it Paul who knows but he says about this we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to discern good from evil. All right, so he starts off talking about Milk versus meat, right? Yep. And last time we talked about um, these six pillars of deconstruction. They were the Bible, uh, hell, hell, suffering, the church, eschatology, penal substitutionary, and penal atonement. substitutionary atonement. Yep. Okay, so those doctrines. Now, are those 
meat doctrines or milk doctrines? You know, it could be a mix. Could be a but mix. But I mean, most I mean the Bible is a meat one. Yeah. So substitutionary atonement. Yeah. Is a meat one. So let's say those are meat doctrines. Okay, mm-hmm. now go back to what Hebrews says. It says, some of you are stumbling over those meat doctrines. Like, we want to go move on to mm-hmm. start teaching you more about the harder doctrines of the yeah. faith, but yeah, you, but you can't swallow them, right? Yeah, you so yeah. you, you need milk. You need the milky doctrines. And he outlines yeah. what some of those are, like repentance from works and yeah. that. He outlines some of those. Yeah. But just think about the deconstruction movement in terms of that and those pillars. And... And it's like I'm, I'm choking on these doctrines. Like these are meat doctrines, and 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 why is that? Now, is it because like the deconstructionists say that they're wrong and they should be gotten rid of, or could it be that you just don't have what it takes to swallow them yet? Yeah. Could it be mm, that you're point. so immature, and that's the Bible's language, not mine. Yeah. You're so immature in your faith that you need milk again. Okay. So question that before you go wow. deconstructing these pillars wow. of the faith is it point. me or is it the doctrines okay yeah. wrestle with that okay so that that's my encouragement there and then how how does one get to those meat doctrines all right it's so awesome to see what he how hebrews teaches us to do this how do you move from milk to meat do you start with the meat no, you got to go back to the milk. Yep. You got to go back to the milk. And then look how he says this. He says, you need milk, not solid food. And then he says in verse 14, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. That's how you do it. You constantly practice the milk doctrines. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. So in other words, you don't, the, the milk, the easy doctrines aren't just doctrines that you, with your head, your intellect, just think about and agree with. Yeah. That's not how you move on from them. Yeah. The way you move on from them is by practicing them, by living them out. And he has this language of milk and meat. So you think about eating, right? We like talking about eating cinnamon rolls, right? Yeah. So think about what you do when you taste the cinnamon roll, when you eat the cinnamon roll. It gets in you. It becomes... Uh, a part of your body yeah. like literally, literally you incorporate it and incorporating comes from the latin root uh, corpus which means body right so the sin roll becomes your body and you grow maybe sometimes too much because yeah, of it out, but then you like you live out the energy of the cinnamon roll you embody it you live it out you you practice a cinnamon roll yeah. so it goes from this kind of this one substance you bring it into your system and you turn it into a completely new substance. Yeah. And that's what it is with these the milk doctrines, with the word of God. It's like a seed planted in the earth. It goes in as a seed, but it comes up as corn. Like yeah. the, the earth embodies it, incorporates it, and it changes. And to grow on to maturity, you have to take in the lesser doctrines, bring them into your system, digest them, incorporate them, live them out, live them out. And the more you do that, it says then you'll become a mature person which is trained by constant practice and what will you be able to do to distinguish good from evil and that's yeah. that's the heart of christianity mm-hmm. right yeah goes right back to the garden of eden with adam and eve they could not distinguish good from evil yeah. they couldn't incorporate or embody the apple they weren't ready for it yet yeah. it was too much for them to digest yeah. to take take in they choked on it 
Uh, but if they were to wait and be patient and start off, and then eventually they could, they couldn't distinguish good from evil. But that's the goal of, of Christianity, to be able to distinguish good from evil and to become people who love God and love neighbors. That's yeah. what, that's our goal. We yep. want to become the kind of people who love God and neighbor. That That's the overall goal. Yeah. And if you want that goal, there's only one process to doing it. And it's this process. So we have to practice, right? We have to practice religion constantly. And I even like, um, I even want to, bring back the word religion. I know it went through a, mm -hmm. so let's uh yeah. <laughs> it went through a phase where people like hated the word religion because they say it's it's about a relationship with God. It's yeah. not about a religion. So let's de I want to deconstruct that and I want to get rid of the word theology, all right? Cuz okay. theology to me seems like oh, cuz it means a study of God. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, I'm going to study God. Like yeah, yeah. let's put God under a microscope. I'm a scientist. <laughs> I'm above him, you know. It's like uh, I don't know if you're studying God or is he studying you, you know, but but let's uh, bring back the word religion because religion, it literally means re and then it comes from the Latin ligio, which means bind together. So what religion does is it's something in your life that binds together all of your life. Yeah. Okay. So it binds together your Sundays with your Mondays. It binds yeah. together your spirituality with your sexuality. It binds together your emotions with your uh, with your faith. It binds everything together in your so you're you, you don't compartmentalize God anywhere but he's a part of your whole life and that's what religion does it makes it makes God a part of whether you're going to school or to work at home watching TV mm -hmm. whatever you're doing it binds it all together uh, and you become you become a whole uh, integrated uh, person uh, living out these these doctrines in your life so I'm saying that you'll never be able to understand these doctrines, uh, like we mentioned, these six pillars like hell and penal substitution, atonement, inerrancy, and so forth, uh, unless you start and embody uh, the milky ones. And kind of the key that I jotted down here is that God just doesn't want you to believe the right things, but to bear the right fruit. Mm. That's a key for me. That's good. God just doesn't want you to believe the right things, but to bear the right fruit. Uh, he doesn't want you to bear thorns and thistles that poke people um, and hurt people. And that's, that's what he says, that some people actually, instead of bearing fruit, they bear thorns uh, and thistles. So I want to pause there before we go to, go to chapter 6. See if uh, you want to add anything to that. Man, like, there's a lot. There's a lot. And I, I don't necessarily have anything to add. I think it was really, really good stuff. So I'm not, I don't have any examples or any other commentary. I think you nailed it. So then in chapter 6, he goes, goes on to apostasy. And we talked about this in the last episode, that we don't want uh, people to use deconstruction as a form of apostasy or walking away, but we want it to be a form of repentance. And Hebrews gives warnings about this, so we need to consider this. It says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of, and here's some of the elementary ones, he says, of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, of the instruction about washings, laying on of hands, and the resurrection of dead and eternal judgment. So let's move on from those milky ones. And he says, and this will do if God permits. And then he says in verse 4 this, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, 
who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Those are some pretty strong words. Yes, yes indeed. For those who walk away. Yeah, man, it's, I haven't read this in a while, but it's, wow, it's sad. When I read it, I, I feel sad. So if you've, if you've been in, a, in the church and you've experienced all these things, and, and he mentions some of the things that they had experienced at the time, you know, they tasted the heavenly gift, they've shared in the presence of the Holy Spirit, they've tasted the goodness, they've heard the goodness of the word preached to them, they've heard about the, 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 about heaven and how it's coming, this new age. They've been a part of that. And then they apostatize. They walk away. They drift away. Then yeah. It says it's impossible to restore them again to repentance. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've wrestled with that, thought about that a lot over the years. And as I was thinking about this passage, I was like, I wonder if there's like an illustration that we could use to help people understand that. And I thought and I thought, and then I realized... Oh, the writer gives the exact illustration in the next verse. Mm. And he gives an illustration of a farmer with land. And this really clarifies it for me. He says, For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful for those whose sake it's cultivated receives a blessing from God. Okay, so you have, you have this land and it rains on it and it produces fruit. It's good land. Okay, but then he says in verse 8, he says, But if you have a land, but if it bears thorns and thistles, it's worthless and near to being cursed, and in the end it will be burned. So then he says, okay, now let's consider the land again. Let's say we have a land, we, we cultivate it, like we, we water it, we plant seeds, we do everything in it, and it, it, it's fruitless. It doesn't produce fruits, but it only gives out thorns and thistles then guess what? I'm not going to sit there and try to plant again in it. Yeah. I'm not going to put more seeds in it. I'm not going to keep doing that because the land is obviously bad and it's no good. Yeah. And so then that becomes for us like, and, and because he relates that to the crucifixion and he has these very strong words of um, that those who have fallen away to restore them again to repent since they are crucifying once again the Son of God. Uh, to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. It's kind of like that. And God's, God's saying to us, he's like, listen, I crucified my son once and for all. The rest of the book of Hebrews makes that clear. He yep. did it once and for all. Yep. I crucified him once and for all. And if that doesn't work for you, like if you don't accept that, then I, I have nothing else for you. Like I'm not going to uh, go back in time and crucify him again, crucify him again all over just to see if you'll change. It's like if you didn't change and respond the first time, then you're not going to the next time either. And so I'm, I'm done with you. Like it's impossible to restore that kind of person because you made it clear that you don't want to, that you walked away from it. Yeah. That, and you're, and you're not producing the fruit. You know, you're not, hearing the word, incorporating it into your body like we talked about, living it out and producing these good works. You're not embodying yeah. it. But instead, 
you're taking in all these good things from my church, from the preached word, from the fellowship of believers, yeah. from heaven. You're taking in all these truths. And, and what are you giving out? Thorns and thistles. Like things that hurt people, yeah. that poke people, that jab people, that cause harm rather than doing yeah. good. And it is like you said earlier, like to me, like this speaks to the person that they were never among us to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they tasted of the spirit, didn't say they had the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, they tasted of the heavenly gift. You know, they tasted of the good yeah. word of God. You know, so it's kind of like I can taste something, but that doesn't mean I've consumed it. Yeah. I haven't eaten it. I haven't yeah. said yes. Like, it's like when you go to an ice cream place, right? And they got all these different flavors. Like, can I taste that? And they give mm-hmm. you a little spoon. Like, you taste it. And, and I guess if you want to be technical or legalistic, I did partake, right? Mm-hmm. Because it did enter in my body. Mm-hmm. But the goal is for me to say, yes, I want mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I'm making a conscious effort yeah. to say, this is the one I choose. Yeah. I choose Jesus. Yeah. Right. I see what's going on. I, I partook in and saw the mm-hmm. movement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. Right. I've heard the word of God. I've heard worship. And I'm like, this seems good. Mm-hmm. Like, but am I going to buy in? Right. Yeah. Am I just kicking the tires on it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I kick the tires on it. They seem good. I want to buy that. Mm-hmm. I want this. And I'm, I'm going to accept this. Yeah. And when I accept this, that's when um, fruit can be born. Mm-hmm. But the contrary is true. If I'm just sitting there and I'm consuming all these Christian things with Christians, mm-hmm. but I haven't haven't accepted Christ and then in. I haven't bought in, you know, and then I go outside of where this is at and I'm just the same old mm-hmm. living for the devil person I was. Same before. old prickly person producing thorns and thistles. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's 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 just like the ground. Just because God, just because a farmer waters the ground doesn't mean that it's it's gonna produce fruit yeah Yeah. it doesn't mean that and just because yeah you get exposed to it doesn't mean that um because it says through constant practice you know that's how god produces fruit in you yep it's it's living out the word right and I, i think that's one thing that i see a lot of churches i've been around and some involved with where they're so focused on getting people in the doors and getting them plugged in on the path of mm-hmm. like becoming a member and it's like man like yeah membership's they, the goal they went through all these yeah. steps so they can get to your goal mm-hmm. what about them actually accepting Jesus mm-hmm. you know and they can say it person can say anything out their mouth right but have they actually done it mm-hmm. is there a conviction of sin which would be mm-hmm. a sign of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's a fruit. Is there is there any fruit, other yeah. fruit in their lives of of them changing sinful behaviors mm-hmm. and patterns, or showing even even a desire to do so? Right. Yeah, yeah. Having a desire to do so is good, That's even though it may not be actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing that needs to happen, yeah. right? I have a desire. Exactly. And the next step is how do I get rid of this thing mm-hmm. that I no longer want mm-hmm. in my life? They're not they're not much of a concern about mm-hmm. that. It's like, did you pray this prayer? Did you get dunked in the waters? Did you go to this program? Did you mm-hmm. go to this pathway? Did you mm-hmm. join this group? It's like a cake mix, right? We talked about yeah, that before, yeah. right? The yeah. recipe, you went through the recipe, and now, boom, yeah, you got the cake with all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. That's a trick, man. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the person themselves might even be tricked. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes, to me, very mm-hmm. dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because now I think I have this false salvation. Mm-hmm. And when I stand before a holy and righteous God, Jesus one day, mm-hmm. and he says, man, I don't know you. Yeah. It's going to be devastating. Yeah. And whose head is that yeah. going to be on? It ain't going to be on my head. Yeah. So if you're deconstructing that, that's a good thing. 
Absolutely. If you feel like there's something missing in your life, um, deconstruct your life and see if it's lining up with this process. Yes, yes. Start right? picking apart every aspect yeah. of your life and see what the Bible is saying about mm-hmm. that. And that's part of the practice, right? Yeah. It's, and it's a warning to us not to be like that land that God has showered grace upon. And, uh, and, and we, but it's just never that we've rejected. We've yeah, rejected and, and the I word. Think I've experienced in my life, especially in prison ministry, with trying to disciple guys mm-hmm. when they get out. And it becomes a very difficult task mm-hmm. because all like inside they're saying and doing all the right things. It's like, man, maybe um, this is the one. Yeah. And they get out, and you see it all the time. Yeah. As days go by, it turns into weeks, it turns into months. And I would say 90-plus percent of the time, the person ends up falling off the wagon, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I had to learn how to take that personal mm-hmm. and just to say, hey, man, all I'm doing is just planting seeds and watering seeds. Mm-hmm. That's all I can do. I can't make them have faith. I can't own their faith mm-hmm. for them. All I can do is try to be a spiritual guide, if you will. Not that I'm some yogi or mm-hmm. something, but like if I have a little bit more experience in them, then it's just mm-hmm. sharing my experience to yeah. help them. And then maybe the Lord will lead other people to them yeah. that's got more experience than me to pour into their yeah. lives. But almost every case, 90 plus percent, huh. they end up they end up falling away, right? That's such a key thought and statistic that you said 90 percent of people and that's my own personal from your experience experience, yeah here who who hear the gospel yep uh, fall off okay let's just normalize what deconstruction is for a second because i think it's turned into this thing that uh, we think is this unusual modern and maybe it is to a a little bit this Mm -hmm. this modern thing that everyone's doing and suddenly there's this huge crisis in evangelicalism that everyone's deconstructing. To me, when I look at it, it seems like the normal faith process. Like the no, like, kind of. There's two ways you can go: either you can fall away or not. Like those are your choices. Yep. And if you grew up in the church, whether you grew up in a church or whether you encountered the gospel in a prison setting, you're an overwhelming uh, ten tendency could be to walk away mm-hmm. and, and at some point you have to take ownership of your faith so to me deconstruction could be seen as the normal taking ownership of your faith that every believer has to go through yeah and i think the word could be new but the concept the concept is not, not new at all no. you know it's what everyone it's even what you have when you go through a midlife crisis and mm-hmm. it's like who am i like i've been chasing these this dream, you know, the fast cars yep. and the fast women my whole life. And you <laughs> yeah. finally wake up and it's like, wow, that's not worth it anymore. Yep. I haven't been there for my family. I haven't invested in my church. And suddenly you have this this change of heart and life. Like, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, I think something's wrong. Yeah, we should always be examining ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's the word I would maybe liken to deconstruction yeah. as a self-examination, right? Like where 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 am I at in my spiritual life? Where am I at in my prayer time, yeah. my Bible reading, Always my fellowship examining, time? Yeah. So that could be in a sense deconstructing because I'm shining the light on each of these mm-hmm. areas and asking myself, how does this line up with mm-hmm. the Word of God? You mm-hmm. know. And I think maybe a lot of deconstruction now, using that term, is such a big deal because of the lack of, of spiritual evaluation in one's life. Yeah. Okay. 
It may be the lack of accountability uh, yeah, in a person's yeah, life. Yeah. You know, if I got a group of people and we hold, we're holding each other accountable, yeah. which I'm in a group like that, mm-hmm. well, I'm asking them questions, man, what's, what's church looking like for you mm-hmm. now? And many of my friends, they ain't going to church because mm-hmm. they went to one where mm-hmm. there's a, they, they weren't necessarily hurt per se, but they don't like the debacle mm-hmm. that happened at the top. Mm-hmm. So now they're searching. And I'm the voice that's saying, hey, man, you need to be in church. Mm-hmm. What we watching online? You know, that's not the same. That, that's good, but you need to do better than that. Mm-hmm. You need to go to a church, man. Mm-hmm. Go find one. It may not have all the check marks that the other church had. That's okay. Let that go. That's a part of deconstruction, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like they had all these things you liked. Were those things really essential? Mm-hmm. Were they really important? Were they even biblical? Mm-hmm. That's the challenge, right? That's yeah. the deconstruction part. Yeah. But, but I'm not using the term, but I'm asking the questions. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your prayer life like? When and how are you getting into the mm. word? You know what I mean? So What's deconstruction could be a form of accountability. I mean, right? I think it can. I if think Christians don't hold Christians accountable, then the culture will through deconstruction. Yeah, I think or I think in Something a like in that. a organic, yeah. non intentional way yeah. that holding your brothers or sis and or sisters accountable to the things that we need to be practicing yeah. that come yeah. from the word yeah. is a form of deconstruction, yeah. you know, because it's just checking in on yeah. these things that we need to hold yeah. true and we need to do in yeah. our lives. And the why is more important than the how. It's like, why are you doing this? If it's to grow closer to God, to align yourself more with the word, like you said, then yeah. deconstruct away. Yeah, right? so it becomes a good thing. So, so. the last thing I want to uh, talk about here with this is that one thing the um, deconstruction movement ha- is really um, brought to light is um, the the church and like abuses in the church and uh, uh, wanting to ma- make sure it, it does what's best for people, right? So it it's highlighting it because it's it, it wants to um, have a faith or be the kind of people that truly love others and do good works. Okay, so as I was thinking about that, it's like, okay, what kind of a system or worldview produces the best kind of person most capable of loving God and loving others? All right. I think it's Christianity, and I think it's being planted in your local church. Uh, uh, Jesus himself said the two greatest commandments are to love God and love others. So that's like that's his goal, his mm-hmm. purpose of the Holy Spirit coming into our life, of joining us to this thing so that we can love other people and then we can love God, all right? So that's the end goal of this Christianity system. I'll just call it a system or a regimen, right? Mm-hmm. So the best way to, to um, get to that goal is through Christianity, through these doctrines, through the church. So to deconstruct or reconstruct any other doctrinal system will lead us astray from that. That's what I'm convinced of. So deconstructionists don't like the way that the church loves people. Um, but if you then detach her and deconstruct yourself from this, who's to say that you're going to be able to create a system that's better, that can create a more loving person, right? So when you um, say you deconstruct and you don't want to do, you don't accept the doctrine of the church or a penal substitutionary atonement or of heaven. Okay, so what are you going to replace that with? And if you replace it with something else, are you so sure it's going to turn you into the best version of yourself, the best kind of a person who will truly love others and God, God the best way? 
Like what I'm saying is what can make that kind of a person possible, good person possible, are these core doctrines of the Christian faith. Like that's the only, like maybe you can't see it, but it's just like when I like start off in wrestling practice. When I was a kid, we do all these weird drills and we run a lot. And I'm like, how does running contribute hmm. to making me a good wrestler? Yeah, yeah. How do doing these stand-up drills, you know, a hundred at a time, how does that contribute? Like we can't see it. Like how do these doctrines and these things in our in in these pillars of the church add to you being the best version of your Christian self? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe you can't see it, but they've been around for a long time and they produce some uh, unfathomably awesome saints and and Christians. They work. And what you're replacing them with, I'm arguing, probably won't work. Yeah, well, I, I would go so far as not say probably. If God ain't in it, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Even if it works in this world, it's not going to work in your second life. Yeah. Unless being in hell is good for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just <laughs> to saying. To put it bluntly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just to keep it 100. Yeah. 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 Like, it ain't going to work. Yeah. And, but if that's what you want is your life. Mm-hmm. You make the choice on what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be kicking against God all we want, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's not going to benefit mm-hmm. us for sure. So, you know, I kind of look at it like, um, well, first you mentioned like the best version of ourself. I think the best version of ourself is still a sinner that deserves hell. And so the best thing we can do is the way I the way I usually put it is the best thing we can do is try to emulate Jesus mm-hmm. as much as we possibly can by like you said loving God yeah. first and loving others and I, I think just to add to what you said you know if you belong to a church or you know to say belong most is like it owns me but if you're a part of a, mm-hmm. a a body of Christ a church and you see some things that seem questionable pertaining to what the word says, mm-hmm. not what you say, mm-hmm. not what you hear. Like, don't just deconstruct and leave, mm-hmm. you know, because we all have blind spots. And one thing is always going to be true. The local, the organism of the local church is always going to be led by a fallible man. Mm-hmm. Always. That's the important. only chance that a, the organism of the church stands to honor God is for the people in the church, the body, mm-hmm. to bring to light things that aren't lining yep. up biblically. And mm-hmm. if you have a leadership in place at this church that no one is willing to mm-hmm. sit down and have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. let that be the first red flag. Mm-hmm. And I will even, oh, yeah. I would even say that probably if you're at that point, there's probably other red flags that have popped up mm-hmm. before that point. And if that becomes the case, then maybe you need to deconstruct from that church, so to speak, like remove mm-hmm. yourself, right? But a lot of people are just so quick to leave. Like, mm-hmm. I believe that God places people in the church to help in areas mm-hmm. like this, yeah. you know? And and I would say mainly it would be like the, the eldership. You know what I mean? And that's why to me it's like, you know, as we're since we're on the top of the deconstruction and we haven't mentioned church hurt a lot, but mm-hmm. we've mentioned it. I don't understand how people let themselves be hurt by the church. Hmm. I really don't, man. How so? I mean, well, I, I, so let me let me take that back for a minute. Yeah. Maybe from a staff standpoint, 
I could see where there could be some hurt. Like a podcast I listened on Julie Roy's mm-hmm. where this young lady worked for a pretty noteworthy church and she mm-hmm. was on staff. And, you know, there's two sides to every story. But just from what I'm hearing, it seems like the church could have been more charitable. Mm-hmm. Even if I, I'm going to say she's not totally wrong. Right. But just in the response of an actual letter that was written back from a pastor mm-hmm. and then actual interview hearing this pastor's words, you know, money should never be a thing that holds people back. Mm-hmm. And we should have, I got to have an obligation to God to to steward his resources, honoring him. Right. Mm-hmm. And if it means to restore someone to Christ and to help their spiritual formation, then, you know, maybe that whole amount, which was like about 30 grand, mm-hmm. which is significant, but it's not hundreds of thousands that that you could have done something more than what they talked mm-hmm. about doing. But so so I think a hurt can go on with with staff. With staff for sure. I think hurt could go on if you have maybe some type of predators in the yeah, church. Minors. And, I, and I don't yeah. even mean sexual in nature, mm-hmm. just predatorial in general, mm-hmm. whether it be sexual, whether it be financial. Mm-hmm. Whether it be like power and control, yeah. getting people to do stuff for you yeah. so you don't have to do it. Like you can be hurt that way. Yeah. But if if you are a healthy individual in the church, even in these categories I mentioned, if you are in the word of God, if you are being led by the spirit of God, there's going to be red flags popping up mm-hmm. before the thing actually comes to a head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can, you can be hurt in a mm-hmm. sense like... Man, I see these red flags, and, and this is really bothering me. So maybe that, maybe that kind of hurt. But I don't think it should get to a point to where it just blindsides mm-hmm. you. Because what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're, how, a me- you're a member in that body. Yeah, mm-hmm. how, how can you not? Yeah. Like, when I, when I got a cold, like, yeah. my legs ache. Yeah. Right? It's just not my respiratory yeah. system that yeah. tells me something yeah. wrong. My head aches. There's other yeah. parts of my body that say, wait a minute. Yeah, you know, yeah. my hands are feeling kind of sore, kind yeah. of swollen. You know, I'm getting signs in the rest of my yeah. body, right? That That's warning me. But yeah. if I neglect it, now I find myself having a stroke or a heart attack yep. or diabetes. Yep. You know what I mean? Because I neglected the signs. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we need to be getting, in, and we only get that by getting past the milk which is mm-hmm. that we started off mm-hmm. this episode mm-hmm. right we got to get off milk mm-hmm. we got to and if you go into a church that's only pumping milk mm-hmm. get your milk yep and when it's time to hit that solid food and you know what mm-hmm. let the door knob hit you with a good lord split you get up out of there go find some milk yeah. don't just sit there yeah. being drowning in milk yeah because the point is to get mature yeah. Yeah. Right. And then the point is to be discipling somebody. Mm-hmm. So you're giving them milk mm-hmm. and then you're giving them meat. Mm-hmm. But you can't give them what you ain't got. Mm-hmm. So don't become stagnant. Mm-hmm. So I think that's and that's part of maybe that's part of the reconstruction. Yeah. Right. Like I've deconstructed. I found these things that aren't biblical. I've been hurt. OK, let's not be hurt again. Mm-hmm. Right. So a part of your reconstruction is don't just join the church because the muse is good. Don't just join the church because yeah. they got a guy that can yeah. really preach good. Yeah. Those are good things, yeah. but don't join because yeah. of that. Yeah. Look into their statement of faith mm-hmm. and pick it apart. Because mm-hmm. I've looked at some churches' statements of faith, man, and they nuance mm-hmm. that thing. And if you don't know the core doctrines, which are essential in every good evangelical mm-hmm. Christian church, they're going to trick you. They're going to get mm-hmm. you. You know, like you're going to see some things going mm-hmm. on that you're going to be like, wow, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. 
Well, if you knew this yeah. basic stuff and you knew when you read this, and mm-hmm. if you see something, sit down and ask questions. Yeah. Which I, I would say sit yeah. down with somebody. Yeah. If I was a pastor of a church, I would love for somebody to say, man, I want to meet to you and talk to you about what the church believes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because mm-hmm. that's showing intentionality. It's showing that you're serious. Mm-hmm. And you want to buy into this thing because you want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you want to live and bleed the church mm-hmm. here. And, I, and that's the type of people mm-hmm. I would want. I have a, someone in my life, a family member, who has been going through something like this uh, with, uh, with their church. And the pastor started, it was a pastor himself who started going off in this uh, different views, different doctrinal views. And, and she was telling me about this. And I, I, my first thought was I need to um, go to the church's doctrinal statement to mm-hmm. see if it lines up or not. To see, because maybe he's right. Maybe the church never defined things to begin with. Yeah. But I read their doctrinal statement and I'm like, no, it's right there. And, you know, one of two things needs, needs to happen. Either he needs to repent and turn back to what he agreed to mm-hmm. or, um, or the church itself changes, you know. And turns out uh, th- they're going to have to make a hard decision. And turns out um, he left. Well, that's like good. He um, said, no, I'm choosing this other way instead of this way. And so that's healthy. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. That's healthy. It's, it's good that the leadership in that church wasn't like worshiping this guy and let yeah. him call all the shots. Exactly. Because that's how these debacles exactly. happen in each other. Whether it's big or little church, yeah. that's how they yeah. happen. I was as you were talking, I was for some reason I was thinking about a cell, you know, it's cell mm-hmm. biology and you have all these parts like the mitochondria and the Golgi bodies and the nucleus. And I think they've added more things since I was in biology. <laughs> but but like every Every little part in that cell has a has a job to do, and if it doesn't do its job, there's cell death. Like it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, it don't like work. and if you're part of a church and and you're not being active and doing your job as the mighty mitochondria or the Golgi body or the <laughs> whatever else is in there, yeah, yeah. then the whole thing is is being threatened because it really needs you to step up and just and uh, speak from your heart and, and to do what you're made to do. Yeah. The question, just like you said, if you look at scripture. You look at your tradition and you see you need to step up. Yeah. So, I mean, so don't get hurt. If you've been hurt, I, I feel bad for you. Don't get hurt again, though. Yeah. And figure out if you don't know what to do to figure out not to get hurt, man, maybe you need to find some mature, believing brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. Or you need to find something. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you feel like you need some help, like ask one of us. We might, you know, yeah. we might be able to help give you some, sure. some things to look for, some questions to ask. Because... Yeah. You know, you we can be hurt, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that it shouldn't be as easy as people are getting hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And people are getting wrecked. Yeah. It ain't just hurt. It's causing people to walk away from God. Mm-hmm. That's and, and whether they were with God or not, it's still a bad look, mm-hmm. right? And I know optics shouldn't be a thing, but the Bible talks about optics. Mm-hmm. They will know we are Christians by our love. Mm-hmm. They know that by the optics, mm-hmm. right? They know that by they see mm-hmm. what we do, right? They but know we that they also see. Do it. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we do it. Yeah. But I'm saying yeah, they yeah. see us doing it, right? Yeah. They should yeah. see. Uh, uh, people should see when they hear the death of uh, of somebody like mm-hmm. in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and 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 we come over and bring yeah. meals. Yeah. Neighbors should see all these different yeah. cars yeah. that don't come that yeah. they've never seen, and, and then ask like, 
Yeah. What's going on over here? Yeah. Oh man, these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Man, they're they're looking out for yeah. us, man, because we're sad yeah. and and they want to love on us yeah. by bringing us some I meals agree. during this time. They ought to see it. Yeah. Right. Optics are important. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't be looking like the rest of the world in all yeah. these aspects. Yeah. But not bumper sticker optics. Not bumper sticker. Not just sticker. on the surface. Sure, sure. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when I said before to be the best version of yourself, I mean, I think the best version of myself is myself in Christ. I'm not meaning it from a worldly sense. Yeah, I, I knew that. I just wanted at all. in case anybody so, was No, thinking. but I think, that's in, I think that's important for people out there, too, because... Like a lot of reasons why they're deconstructing is, is they're saying, well, I just need to be the best version of myself to see who I am and what works for me. And so therefore I'll cherry pick this and that yeah, and, that's and bad. leave behind. And I'm saying that's not the correct pathway to be the best version of yourself. That'll be kind of a conglomerated version of yourself. It, it's like sandstone. Like sandstone is one of the weakest stones because it's just this all these little things kind of lightly you know, glued together yep. and it's going to break in the end. Yep. You need, I, I'm convinced that the best version of yourself is like this solid granite version, which is you transformed by the power of the Spirit yeah. into the image of Jesus Christ, Christ in you. Yeah. So the best version of you yeah. is Christ in you and you living out embodying, because you tasted the milk and the meat of the word, mm-hmm. you embodying uh, his, his life and his spirit in you. That's yeah. the best version. Yeah, of you. There, well, there, that that to me, there's two. There's a bunch of popular phrases or sayings yeah. out there right now, but that's one of them that mm-hmm. I hear a lot. I know. I, I'm I'm being the best version of myself. Or somebody's saying you should be the best version yeah. of yourself. And the second one is I'm living my best life now. Yeah. And to me, like that for a Christian, they should never let that come mm-hmm. out their mouth. I'm living my best life now. Oh. I that's, mean, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's an easy one. Yeah. But this whole concept of, um, I forget, lost my train of thought. The other the best version, of yeah, yourself. the best version of myself. Yeah. Like for each person, that could be different, mm-hmm. and God doesn't have to be in that. So for the Christian to say that, they should give some context, like you just did, yeah. right? Because be- just saying it, people listen to that. Yeah. I mean, people I listen to things. They hear these buzz phrases and buzz words, and then they identify. Yeah. Sam is a Christian. My friend sent yeah. me this podcast, and Sam seemed like a solid guy, and he says he's being the best version mm-hmm. of himself, and he's thinking, they're thinking, I'm doing that too. Mm-hmm. But they're not doing it. They're not thinking no. what Sam is thinking. The best version of yourself is a self that serves others. The best version of yourself is a self that doesn't let your ego call the shots. Amen. The best version of yourself relies on on God and on the Bible. Yeah. And is transformed and is growing yeah. and is broken, yes, but is is trying to heal. That's the best version of yourself. Amen. The version that's being honest rather than perfect. Yeah. Like Yep. Amen. Amen. The best like version that. of yourself is not the BS version, just the bumper sticker. That's right. I, you know what you want everybody else to see on you. Yeah. Yep. Being Facebook authentic posts. and being the best version yeah. of yourself is being authentic, man. As you yeah. wrestle with the scriptures and wrestle yes. with living them out. That's it. That's how I look at it. You know, that's, that's not it. that's my journey. In order to get there, you have to start with the milk, embody it, go to the meat, and then you'll turn out to be uh, a world. A, a world changer in the sense that you'll love others and you'll love God. Amen. Amen. Ooh, man. So that's Hebrews. Hebrews for the deconstruction. He, Hebrew, man. Hebrews is a great. I agree, man. Hebrews is a great book, man. It's a great book. It's heavy. It is heavy, Meaty. but it's great. It's great, man. Yeah. So, man, so thank you guys for joining us. Um, it looks like we got a little lighter in here. Like, yeah. just in our new room, we got more light. So it's. 
got brighter in the room itself, actually, which is cool. So you've kind of transitioned with us. So if you're watching, <laughs> that is. If you're not watching, man, check us out sometime, yeah. man. You know. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us today. It's a blessing. Man, share this if you find value. Leave um, us share some it if you don't find value. Leave a comment. Yeah. Let us know. Maybe you have a deconstruction story that you'd like to share. Mm -hmm. I like to hear it. Um, maybe you feel like we're missing something in deconstruction. Man, we like to hear that too because mm -hmm. we don't want to leave any stones unturned. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect. We don't know everything. And we're not here to mm -hmm. bash anyone or anything. We're here to try to share our experiences, what we're thinking about, what we're reading with you guys as we kind of... Uh, most times, like for the first time, me and you, like sharing our thoughts right yeah, here, right yeah. now, because we haven't prepped. No. And we do that intentionally because we don't want to be polished. Mm -hmm. We want to just give it to you off the cuff. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for joining us. Um, until we see you again, don't you go stepping in, though. No. BS. Peace. <laughs>